reopening during COVID-19. Don't let your guard down. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest. This week, we'll be talking about getting things back to normal or the new normal on Access Health Radio. And I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on 680 WPTF and FM 98.5. Dr. Forrest, lots of things starting to reopen now. Uh, Restaurants opening. Other businesses are starting to reopen uh, as the governor has given us uh, the phase two of uh, the North Carolina reopening. Can we just assume that everything is going back to normal in the next few weeks, even with COVID-19 still around? Well, you know, while I'm very glad that businesses are being allowed to reopen, I think that's very important. We do need to remember that more people are contagious in our state than ever before. Uh, A higher percentage of the population has the disease now by a long shot than when we shut things down. Um, You know, the percent of positive tests, and this is, you know, one of my bugaboos is, is this, uh, the, the people saying that the percent of positive tests going down is a sign that things are getting better. Uh, I just really don't buy that. Uh, I think it can be misleading. Um, and part of the reason is the policy in North Carolina, you know, a month ago was very different. They were recommending testing people who were, uh, you know, really, really sick that probably were going to go in the hospital. And so obviously, if you test those people, you're going to have a higher percentage of positives if you're testing people with symptoms that are really sick. Well, over the last few weeks, they've changed the testing recommendations and said, now you can test people even that are asymptomatic and have no symptoms, especially if they have underlying conditions. So if now we're testing people that have no symptoms, obviously, no matter what's going on, the percent of positive tests are gonna go down. And in fact, if you look at it, the percent of positive tests has basically been cut in half even though we're testing a lot more than double the people we were a month ago. Um, So that decline in percent positive tests really shouldn't indicate to you that there's less coronavirus circulating around the state. Uh, In fact, I believe that at this time, probably as much as circulating around as we've had, you know, in the the last month or two. Um, So this is really important, especially you know, when we're testing asymptomatic patients, and so obviously more of them are going to test negative, uh, statistically that can make things look better because the percent of people you test, there's less positives, but the actual number of people with disease is going up. And that's one of the things, for example, in our state that they've, it's been difficult to explain. They said, yes, we are continuing to get even more and more cases every day during the last week or so. And, uh, you know, they set a record and then set another record and they say, oh, but don't worry about it because we still have plenty of hospital beds, which I understand. Yes, that's that's important. I'm glad we have hospital beds. But the fact that we're getting more and more new cases every day that are positive is, is still concerning. So, um, you know, I I do want people to enjoy the break this summer. And I mean the break from from coronavirus, because I think what's going to happen is we are going to be more open. I think we're going to have more uh, commerce. Uh, more restaurants open and everything else in the last in the next few months. Uh, and I think that that with this warmer weather uh, and people being outside instead of inside more, we are going to see less transmission, at least for the next few months. Um, but we've got to be careful about getting lulled to sleep by that, because I truly believe that we're going to have a fall and winter spike. I just think it's very likely based on history, unless a mutation of the virus occurs, 
um, or we get a vaccine, uh, it's it's still going to be going on in the winter in the fall and winter. So we have to remember that less than one percent of people have tested positive so far, and they're estimating that 50 percent of the population will be positive within a year. So a lot more people are going to get this, and a lot more people are going to test positive in the next year. And you know, right now we're still at under two million confirmed cases, and it's very likely. Uh, you know, we're going to get over 50 million cases without a mutation or vaccine. Uh, so it's just important to remember that COVID-19 is not over and we are likely not going to be, you know, almost done with it until 2021 sometime. You know, as we uh, reopen, uh, you know, restaurants and hair salons and everything else, uh, you, we still aren't going to be able to totally go back to normal for quite a while. You know, if you're at a restaurant, um, you're going to probably want to wear a mask when you're not eating. Uh, obviously, you can't eat while you're, you know, wear the mask while you're eating, although I did see an attempt by somebody to make a mask that you could do that with. Um, but you also should have hand sanitizer to use in the restaurant, not after you leave the restaurant or at the end of the meal, because think about this. Every time somebody refills your glass uh, or refills your coffee cup, um, even if they are wearing gloves, those gloves could have touched somebody else's glass or plate or coffee cup. So anything that you touch or anything that you're not sure is clean or it's just been sanitized, you should sanitize um, your hands after touching that. Um, so I think those are some things to keep in mind. Now, Dr. Forrest, uh, you mentioned about wearing masks, and that raises a question with me. At the beginning of all this, the CDC and others said not to wear a mask. And I even heard uh, uh, Dr. Tilson say not to wear a mask. Now some municipalities are actually requiring that. What should we know about masks and how do we use them properly? Yes. So first of all, uh, it's important to throw out there that not all masks and face coverings are the same. You know, people are using everything from bandanas and scarves to full gas masks. And cloth masks of any type offer very limited protection for the person wearing it. They do help them not spread germs to others. So for example, if you're wearing a bandana and you cough or sneeze, uh, that's gonna contain a high percentage of that vapor and that liquid material inside that bandana. Um, so if everyone's wearing a mask, then we're actually, we're not protecting ourselves but we're all protecting each other by not spreading our germs. So even with the fabric mask, uh, some of those are gonna have really wide gaps between the material and they're really not accomplishing much at all. So a good tip is if you hold up a mask to a light and you can see dots of light actually coming through that, it's really not doing anything significant at all. Um, now, if you hold it up and you cannot see dots of light coming through, but you can just see there's light on the other side, that's better protection, um, but the amount of protection is still gonna be dependent on the size of those gaps between the fibers. So the tighter the weave and the less porous, the better it's gonna work. Um, now, medical grade masks like N95s or higher, they actually do provide protection for the person wearing them. However, they only work if they're used properly. And, and almost anybody I've seen in public with an N95 is not using it properly. Uh, they've either got it propped up on their nose so the air can get around so it doesn't clog up their glasses or it's fitting really loosely. I saw this really tiny person who had on a mask that almost covered their whole face. Um, so it needs if you're going to use one that's going to give you protection, it has to fit properly. It has to have a good seal. 
uh, it can't get that too damp. You know, if it gets excess moisture, um, you know, what will happen is the, por the pores will be full of water and the airflow gets forced around the mask. And when it goes around the edges of the mask, then you're not getting anything filtered at all. Um, so that's really important. And generally speaking, those type masks are most effective in the very few hour, few hours after initial use. Now, I have also seen some people, uh, although it looks strange, with actual sealed, uh, you know, gas mask, you know, with the cartridges that filter out viruses and that kind of thing. Now, the truth is, if they have virus filters on there and they're well sealed, those are effective. They're very effective, but they're also very expensive and really uncomfortable to wear for a very long period. Um, so, you know, lastly, you know, if you have your mask on, make sure that you don't handle it and adjust it. Uh, you know, being out and seeing people, people are like moving their mask, changing the position of it, you know, three or four times in a minute. Um, so what you wanna do is get a good fit initially and then just leave it in place until you're ready to take it off. The reason for it is that if you are constantly adjusting your mask, you are bringing your hands to your face even more than you normally would. And you could be putting germs directly onto the mask. And then that can actually become a source of infection since we know that virus can live on surfaces for just days. All right, well, that's that's a good point. <laughs> some of my masks don't fit all that well, so I gotta take a look at that and uh, make some corrections, I think. Coming up after the break, uh, we'll have the Access Health Radio Tip of the Week and more on reopening during the coronavirus with Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. Good Sunday afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us here at Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. We're talking about reopening this week as we're starting to get out and about and not be prisoners of our own homes anymore. Uh, we'll get back to some good tips about that in just a moment. But right now, it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week, Doc. Our tip of the week this week is brought to you by We Care Pharmacy of Apex. They are a local pharmacy that delivers in the Triangle area, and they normally price match on the cost of generic medications. Uh, at the same time, they have outstanding customer service. I actually learned about them from patients of mine that uh, asked for their prescriptions to be moved there, and I would ask them why, and they said because they were just so friendly, and they never had to wait long, and the customer service was great. So uh, they, they're an outstanding local independent pharmacy, and you can reach them at 919 629-6010, uh, or you can send an email to rph at wecareofapex.com. So the tip of the day is about contact tracing. I know this is a term that people have been hearing a lot on the news lately. And now that we're moving into that, I think it's important that people know and be aware that if they do test positive for COVID-19, that a person may be assigned to you to investigate all of your actions, such as where you've gone, who you've been with, what, acti what activities you've been involved with in the last few weeks, what your daily schedule has been um, for the last few weeks. And that means that friends, family, uh, potentially clients of your business, uh, your employer or your work colleagues or, or anybody else that you've been around or any locations you've been to, they may end up getting interviewed by this fleet of contact tracers that is being uh, hired. And not only may, you know, you being positive and 
uh, having a contact tracer work with these folks, get them interviewed, it also may result in them having to get tested. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you if you absolutely have to have a test, then this loss of privacy and intrusion into your personal life might be acceptable to you. Uh, but as you're thinking about getting tested, this is at least something to consider. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Appreciate that. Now, let's think about uh, getting assessed to see if you ought to get tested. I've heard that there are some telehealth tools and virtual health AI solutions that uh, that they will actually interview you like uh, via Zoom or something, record a video of you, and then allow a physician to follow up with you about if they think you should get tested. Uh, tell us about that. Yes, that's uh, it's really interesting technology. Um, you know, so there is uh, there's been talk about ways to basically have people screened without having them uh, have to talk to a doctor directly or having to go in obviously and be seen in person, um, but still get a really accurate assessment of their risk. Um, and there is a uh, there's a company called GoMD. Uh, they're at GoMD.care, and they have. Uh, basically put in a technology uh, that uses a program where the computer actually asks you the question. So imagine sitting down in front of your computer. Uh, there's no actual person uh, in, involved initially with this. So your computer starts to ask you questions. It might say, you know, um, hey, Mike, have you, have you been around anybody with uh, any cough or fever, you know, in the last five days? Or it might say, you know, have you had any body aches? Uh, but it will interview you and it's an actual computer doing the interview. Uh, now, the cool thing about it is um, it actually can take those those clips of your voice, uh, much in the way that some customer service lines now can actually hear what you say and can type it into text. And it will like if it hears cough uh, or if it if you use a word like fever, it, it sort of puts that down into the algorithm and then it gives a different weighting to each of those symptoms or each of those circumstances and basically spits out the other side, sort of a, a probability or a risk that you have COVID-19. And it also records video. So when you're doing this interview, it will record video of you answering the questions. And it can actually, if you cough during the interview or if you look pale or if you look flushed, or you're having trouble answering the questions because you're short of breath, it can actually pick up on that. And then the output of this uh, AI sort of screening tool uh, can get sent to a doctor and then they can basically, you know, follow up with you and give you advice on what you should do next if you need to do anything at all, or if they think you should get tested and that kind of thing. But I think it's really interesting technology um, I have actually used it just a couple of times and uh, it really is cool. It works really well and people can basically access it, you know, 24 hours a day because, you know, if they're up at two in the morning, nobody else has to be up. The, the computer will be willing to ask them the questions <laughs> and then basically, you know, it can be sent to their doctor if you want it to be sent to your doctor with the results. Um, or if you don't have a doctor, they can send it to somebody that uh, is a physician that can get back to you and let you know what they think you need to do. So really cool technology with that. That is really, really cool. You got to love living in 2020, even if we do have to put up with COVID-19. Wow. Modern technology. Straight ahead, we're going to discuss some key points about coronavirus reopening. And we have our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week straight ahead. Stay tuned. 
This is Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking about reopening this week. It's pretty exciting stuff, but we want to keep our guard up as well. More on that in a second. Right now, it's time for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. You know, we mentioned contact tracers a little bit earlier in the show, uh, but I just was wondering, you know, how many people was this going to take? So I did a little research, and uh, based on something that was put out on uh, NPR, actually, uh, they, had, they had talked to a bunch of public health officials around the country. They said that they need to hire 200,000 contact tracers. That's really an army of people that are going to be charged with investigating the contacts of people who've been positive for COVID-19. So 200,000 is a lot. I remember when the population of Raleigh was only 200,000. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of people there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. Wow. Some key points to remember. What would you like for folks to uh, take away uh, from today's show about coronavirus, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Forrest? Well, I think first, uh, don't let your guard down. Um, even if you can go somewhere, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to. And if you do go somewhere um, that you could be exposed, um, and uh, you know, you really have to kind of treat anyone you see as a possible carrier because they could be. Um, you know, whether they have symptoms or not, whether they have fever or not, they could still be carrying this. So, you know, wear your mask when you're in public uh, and still try to stay at least six feet away from others. Um, you know, if you for some reason have to be closer than six feet to someone else, uh, like let's say getting your hair cut. I know a lot of people are excited about being able to get their hair cut now. Uh, but if you do have to get closer than six feet to someone, both of you should have mask on. You know, the person you're working with and yourself too, both need to have mask on. And you need to make sure you do not touch your face until after your hands have been washed uh, and your mask has been removed. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Forrest. You know, this is one of those subjects where there are endless questions. If folks have uh, more uh, questions that they would like to pose to you, how can they get in touch with you? Well, if listeners want to send general sort of non-emergent questions, they can uh, send those to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. They can also uh, include their contact information if they'd like. Uh, If they want more information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can call us at 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. And after the show, if they either missed part of the show or they have a family or a friend they want to uh, to hear the uh, broadcast, they can listen to a podcast of the show at WPTF.com. And we also have links and archive shows available at accesshealthradio.com. It's a fast 30 minutes every Sunday afternoon, Dr. Forrest. That's all the time we have. Yes, so that concludes our show for this week, and hopefully you'll be able to use this to help your family stay safe from the coronavirus. Our scripture this week is from Philippians 4, 6 and 7 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show. We look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.